Howdy folks, welcome to Sketchy Conversations with John Melson IV. I'm chatting with guitarist Brooks Anderson II. We talk about being a rocker in a go-go band and some other topics too. As you know, we take a street level, so if you're offended by language, okay. So, how's it look on your end? Uh, hot. <laughs> it's finally starting to get hot, hot over here. <laughs> LA, right? No, Bakersfield. Oh shit, you're on the sticks, right? Right in the canyon. Oh yeah. Like Laurel? <laughs> Oh, no, I'm like, where I'm at, it's like, Bakersfield is like the in-between of Fresno and L.A. I'm probably about a good half hour between each one. Oh, okay, cool. All right, cool, because I'm like, it's kind of weird. People think California meets L.A. It's like, no, it is a whole fucking state, motherfucker. Oh, no, yeah, it it has, you know, where my sister lives up, I forgot the name of that town, but she's like north of Sacramento. She gets snow. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, so, like, you're from D.C. originally, though, right? Actually, i originally from Sacramento. I okay. moved to moved to Maryland when I was about nine, and I grew up in Maryland. All right. Okay, that makes sense now, because I was trying to figure out, because I'm like, okay, so, okay, so, like, you know, so. All right, so, and as a like, sensitive question, how old are you? 30, I just turned 33 this past week. Oh, cool, okay. God damn, it's like almost all my guests are basically somehow two, three younger years younger than me. <laughs> Go figure. All right. But nonetheless, though, so, okay, so you grew up, okay, so grew up, you know, okay, you were born in Sacramento, okay, where are you from again? Uh, Sacramento, California. I grew up in the PG County. All right, cool. So which part of PG? Uh, when I first came to Maryland, I was in Argo and Upper Marlboro, but most of the time I spent in Clinton. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm from somewhere else. Oh, okay, right on the corner. Exactly, like you know, the, it's kind of fun about Temple Hills, where if you sneeze hard enough, you end up in another damn town. Yeah, I always thought that was weird too with Maryland compared to like, you know, like I said, I'm from Sacramento, where it's Sacramento County, but we consider the whole thing Sacramento. It's very rare you'll break it down and like, oh, North Highlands and this, but we just say it's Sacramento versus you know. You step on this side, this suit one. You step on this side, Simple Hill. You step on this side, before Washington. And then you step on this side. <laughs> like, for example, I'll get mail from Comcast, right? It'll say Camp Springs. I'm like, the fuck? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, where the fuck is Camp Springs? Um, You mm-hmm. drove through it. <laughs> yeah. Right it's, like, right there. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like where, where's Clinton? You stepped on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that and everything, right? Yeah, but know. we know where Warp is. Exactly, oh. or they call Wakanda. Yeah, <laughs> I used to take so guitar I, lessons out there. Um, Waldorf. We said, oh yeah, I did. When I first started playing guitar, I took lessons out there. I think I, I picked up the guitar in ninth grade or tenth, tenth grade. Okay. Picked up the guitar, and Alex? I was taking about maybe two or three weeks. But then I wrestled in high school, and it was about to conflict with my wrestling schedule and that. So since that point, I was self-taught. Oh, cool. Oh yeah, so I took I took lessons with um, Mike Stacy down at um, Hot Licks actually. Mike, oh, I love Mike. <laughs> He's cool as shit, you know. I'm trying to get him on the show later on. Oh yeah, Mike is cool. I like Mike. Yep, he's playing with Sam Groban now. Okay. Yep, he totally deserved that break. He fucking deserved it. <laughs> you know, so yeah. All right, so I didn't know you wrestled in high school though. Yeah. Strasville. Nice. Hmm, I had no idea, actually. You know, so it's like, yeah, 
Excuse me. Coincidentally, WWE fan, right? Yes. <laughs> you, ever, you ever get any shit for a minute at your wrestling fan or not? We you say? You ever get any shit for a minute at your wrestling fan or not? No, not really. Cause I think most people in my circle are wrestling fans too, so it's easy to be like, oh, yeah. At most, I get people like, oh, I used to watch it, but they don't like knock it. Here's the fascinating part. What they say is, I used to watch it, but I don't watch it in public anymore. That's the secret mm-hmm. to that. Because it's kind of yeah. weird, like, wait, wait, wait. I thought you quit watching. How do you know what happened last week? It's like, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do you know The Rock coming back for WrestleMania? How Thank you. Know? you. Like, how do you know? <laughs> or like, uh, remember Rey Mysterio Jr.'s eye popped out? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't going to this tell point, anybody because... They're going to sweep that storyline just like when Vince McMahon died, quote-unquote. Oh, my God. Remember, <laughs> Donald Trump actually called him to check on him. <laughs> this was... Was, that was the time when Trump was over. Yes. Was <laughs> oh, my God. You know, was... Bobby... <laughs> I had to explain that shit to my cousin because he sent me um, a picture of when Vince McMahon had the do-rag on. <laughs> And I had to explain the whole thing, and the more I typed it, I was like, there's no way I can explain this shit. <laughs> there's no fucking way, because I'm like, even typing, it's like, I literally wrote, so yeah, then you had Umaga versus Bobby Lashley represent Donald Trump and Vince McMahon and dot, 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 what the fuck am I writing? <laughs> but the funny part about that, when you think about some of those, like, faux pas that happened in wrestling, they were meant for, like, the meme gift generation, because my favorite one is when you got the nation, the domination walking yes. out the room. You got the one white kid holding up this. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. He was That's, with the shits. Yo, that was my favorite one. I, was like, I wonder where that kid is at right now. He's like, probably happy with a little black girlfriend right now. <laughs> he looked, and he looked like Bernie. Like <laughs> He did. He looked like an original Bernie, bro. He did. Or <laughs> the little Black Lives Matter sign up right now. We're a little. <laughs> With his black Yo. wife and two have black kids and everything. Yo, I can see it. Probably vegan. <laughs> probably so, you know. Probably so, actually. <laughs> Yo, it's the funniest gift. That's like my favorite one. Anytime there's a moment to use that in conversation, I use it. I, first thing I'm typing. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> All right. So now in your okay, now being in like um in the area, so okay, so you made the trek down to LA sometimes? Have I been to LA? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, usually my days off, I just drive to LA with no plans and just hang out. But it's kind of su- sucks right now because you know everything's still kind of shut down. Yeah. There's no first real show I went to was this past week for the uh, Mochella LA. And I was, was about fun. to ask about that too. Like, okay, so all right, here's the deal. When I think about when I try to explain go go to people outside of the area. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, it's like me kind of explaining wrestling to people outside of the outside of that aren't yeah. fans. So how okay? So how did Mochella go? Um, it was great because what what happens? You have a lot of people that are from the area that live out here. Oh shit! So sometimes it comes from like the people they bring are already kind of familiar. They at least heard it around them. Yeah. So they bring to the show. They're like, you know, because they probably played a song, played a backyard song at some point. Oh yeah. And it was like, oh, you know, you won't really understand it until you actually go to a show. Correct. So and then a lot of them were, you can tell who was, you know, not familiar with it. Yeah. And you 
trying to dance, trying to catch the beat. But once they caught the beat, they was like, oh, this is like, you know, this is pretty dope. Yeah. It's like black people hardcore music. It really is. Like, you know, <laughs> people forget, like, okay, Big Tony really was a patron saint of the punk scene, you know? Uh-huh. Like, you know, Minor Threat's last show was actually open for Trouble Funk. Mm-hmm. You know? In fact, I even tried to model, like, um, for my my band's five year anniversary show, like the the original re- original lineup, what I would what I did was because at the time, you know, I got on better terms with um, the first drummer, right? And what we did was he was supposed to go to the military, right? So mm-hmm. I wanted to do a proper send off. So I wanted to model it just like the last Modern Threat show, opening mm-hmm. for Trouble Funk. So I'm like, okay, um, definitely can I get Trouble Funk? So who can I find? Oh, Moonlicious, because they're like a funk group. Yeah, like go to funk group. So I basically modeled after that, actually, right? You know, mm-hmm. so that was an interesting thing too, because I was dug how like those scenes coincided. Like, for example, Fishbone, you know, play with Trouble Funk as well. Yeah, and you know, like Big Boy sample basically did a cover of a Trouble Funk song, I think, or at least did a show with them. So yeah. you know, hell, even like a Trouble Funk open up did a okay back in 2014 for Big Tony's birthday bash. You literally had a a super group of of Bad Brains and Scream, you know, also one of, um, also one of, uh, Doc's, uh, last shows, you know, uh, Doc Knight's mm-hmm. last shows, um, they, they went under the name The Don't Need It, and I gotta tell you, Dave Grohl lit a fire underneath the asses of the whole band, you know, <laughs> Doc, uh, Dr. No and Daryl Jennifer played their asses off, it was amazing, um, they filmed it, I just hope they finally released it someday, Pete Stahl was yeah. there too, so, you know, and then like uh, Trouble Funk had their set and everything, and next thing you know, Foo Fighters comes out, and I'm screaming like Jim Ross, you know, like, by God, Foo Fighters out here! I'm screaming like oh, Jim yeah. Ross and shit. So, so like um, I can definitely see how like the energy is there too. In fact, even some Go Go bands say, "Yeah, we're bouncing. We're like we're like the punk rock of of Go Go." So I'm like, yeah, okay. So because I remember it's like I heard a band called XIB. XIB, fuck yeah, I have. Okay. You remember uh, uh, Neil? Like they had a bunch of songs. I remember before people used to like try to give them like flat for it, but until they heard it a couple times, they're like, "Oh, kind of rock." He used to do a little scream. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "You better act like you're working." Like he used to do this thing and inflection with his voice, like a you hear like from screaming bands and stuff. And mm-hmm. and they had that energy of like a like a rock band in a sense, but a little bit more swaggy. It was like. It was like the hip hop swag, but because of the energy of a bounce beat song, it had that that vibe of like a punk show. But then at the same time, had the the vibe of a, a strip club because you know half the songs about girls shaking their ass. Exactly. Such a funny mixture to think like all these things can go together because then you have songs that are like you know hood songs, which you know you have you know some of the crowd be you know the hood dudes, but yeah. then you also have like. You know the the classy girls that come in with you know little short dresses. They just want to shake some ass and whatnot. Yeah. And then you the the purists. They just want to hear the music. And then you get you know the people who ain't never been to the show before. And you know then you get one thing Gogo does not get credit for is LGBTQ because as a member because you know I play for Reaction and I swear half our crowd LGBTQ. And we weren't like shunning them away or anything like that. Like they had hooks and songs. They had songs that were pretty much dedicated towards them and stuff. And like 
you know, some of them became, like, I guess, hood famous just because, you know, you hear their names in the song and stuff, like the Check It. You know, have you seen that documentary? Uh, the one that's on TV One? Yeah. Yeah, I the, saw the, that, yeah. Yo, know, that, like, I knew they was in some stuff, but I didn't know how deep it was until I saw it. I was like, yo, they, and then the fact that they turned it into, first it was just a group they was just trying to protect themselves, and then it turned, they turned into a business, and they got shirts, they got a store down, um, I forgot what street it's on, but it's like downtown. They got their own store. I don't know that, because I do remember yeah. there was this one all-lesbian uh, go-go band. PMS? No, 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 Necessary Chaos. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I talked to the drummer, uh, I'm thinking it's Vante or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she cool, you know? Yeah, I was like, yeah, when I saw them, I was like, man, I knew, I knew they went through some stuff, I was like, damn, it was... Real okay, yeah, but but it's cool, you know. They turn, you know. I'm always a fan if you can turn something negative into a positive and you can turn the profit, hey, power to you. Hey, Cause, hell cause no. that's <laughs> that's the embodiment of bad brain's whole ethos. PMA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shoot. All right, speaking of which, um, because believe it or not, one thing about like okay, go go and, go go and rock, you know, people would think, well, those the that's that's definitely not a that's nof, nothing really new because okay EU right Experience Unlimited you know they were really trying to be a rock band first time around. Mm-hmm. In fact, Sugar Bear is a big Jimi Hendrix fan, so he called it yeah. Experience Unlimited as a nod to Jimi Hendrix Unlimited, Jimi Hendrix Experience. Yeah. So, and also another thing too, like for example, you had a uh, Tino, may he rest in peace. You know, basically, who's the rock guy? You know, like he really was like rock and roll to the bone. You know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so it's like, and also a thing of another band too. Have you heard of this band called Geppetto? No. All right. Geppetto basically was this band from, I want to say other, definitely from Maryland. That's why I know. And they were basically this, um, they were a rock band, but they had go-go influence. Mm. They have one album out actually, right? You know, and nobody ever talks about them ever. Imagine mm-hmm. like if New Metal tried to go go go, and you have basically Trapetto sounding like. Okay. You know, so I've always wondered this. Okay, so did you ever feel like the only rocker in the go go scene? You said me. Yeah, you. Um, I would say I'm the only one where only one I know of outside maybe a handful of guys that like came in for like a little bit and left. Uh, that I know that is just as into like the rock as I am other stuff. Like, you know, most guys may say, Oh, I listen to rock. It, it'll stop at like Lincoln park. Yeah. You all know, the time, the, the usual stuff. Yeah. Versus me. Oh yeah. I'm into rock. Like, no, I grew up off of under oath. <laughs> as I exactly. really like, you know, I'm stuff with solos and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I was a huge eighties metalhead guy when I was growing up. Rush is one of my favorite bands ever, oh, yeah. you know, but you know, I, I'm that guy. Like I, I know that stuff. When I say I know rock and stuff, like exactly. I remember, like I was talking to my girlfriend earlier because she was talking about Fall Out Boy, and she's a music person, but not like that deep into it. Yeah. And she said, "Oh, I forget names, but she'll know the popular stuff." And she was singing like, uh, "Sugar, we're going down." I was like, "No, you gotta listen to Ray the old." I said, "You gotta listen to the old Fall Out Boy. You need to hear, uh, you know." What's it? Grand Theft Auto or uh, 
Saturday, stuff like that from the first record. You ever play any Race Trader? Uh Uh-uh. That was, Race Trader basically had a lot of the guys from Fall Out Boy, and they were basically like... Oh, you mean the the hardcore band they had before? Yeah, that one. When they were basically, they were like passing on stuff from Louis Farrakhan and shit. Yeah. Yep. Them dudes. And, you know, explain how that's how they kind of, you know, that's the scene they came from. They go from the hardcore scene to being like, you know, a pop act in a sense. You it's know, funny. You watch those old videos of them in the basement hanging from the... <laughs> you know, I'll put it this way. To me, I'm shocked but not surprised at the same time because I'll put it this way. One thing I learned when it comes to, when it comes to artists, they have... A way more, a lot of the times, a lot of artists, especially the good ones, have a way, way vast taste and knowledge of music than they would ever give, than image ever credit, give credit for. Oh, yeah. You know, like, and it's one of those things, well, you never asked me. You know, like, Lil John, of course, fucking loves punk rock. He even did a song with Bad Brains. He did, he did a remix with Bad Brains and everything, you know? And that was the whole thing mm-hmm. of Crunker trying to bring the 77 punk rock energy back. Yeah. You know, and like stuff like that. So, hell, Bun B, I remember he loves, like, West Coast punk rock. He did an interview with Angela Moore, you know, like, he loves shit like that. Um, oh. Shit, stuff like that. So, hell, um, dude from Scarface from Ghetto Boys, he fucking, um, he got the jam with Living Color, plays guitar, yeah. too, so stuff like that. Yeah, I met, I met him at the airport, and he has guitar on. He was headed to uh, the Backyard Show he did three years ago. Another thing, too, a lot of people don't... <laughs> Another thing I like to mention, actually, but like um, Scarface, they love in the DMV. Yeah. You know, like there's two guys I noticed they fuck with in the, in the DMV. Actually, technically three. Um, won't be Devin the Dude for some fucking reason. Because he he does a lot of show with backyard. Oh, that makes those sense. Shows, those and shows be amazing. Scarface and I remember, I don't know. I think Project Pad. I kind of a run here. Oh yeah, Mom. Reaction. We played with Project Pat. Uh, I'm trying to think of the year, two thousand and nine. That was an amazing show. Hmm. That was that was. First of all, I didn't realize he was that big. Like this dude was like an NFL lineman. Like he had been at least six four. Oh yeah, four, six. I can tell that nigga huge. He he meant the <laughs> size. All right. I mean, he looks like. I mean, seriously, he comes from the land of viscera. Yeah. He comes like, from the. Like, he comes to the land of basic where guys like Jerry Lawler come from. Yeah, he ended up, he, he a good old yeah. big. Country strong, country big. Yes, he is. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there, I'm putting my pedal board down on the ground, make sure everything was set, and I turn over, he's, you know, coming to check his mic, and I look, oh, this dude's biggest shit. And then he has, I think he has Tennessee tied on his arm in capital letters. His arm's so big, he can squeeze Tennessee on it. Shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> You know, that's what I think. That's what solidified me that this dude's big. Not because okay, he's tall because I'm, you know, just under five ten and he's clearly six four. But I'm looking at your arm, and Tennessee is in capital letters, probably, you know, forty five font across your arm. <laughs> I'm just like this is big as hell. But it was a fun show. Nice. So it's funny that year. I think we did. We had him. I think that's around, that was around like June, but around like early May, we did a show with Nicki Minaj too. Now, that CD is out in the world somewhere. I believe this is where the Soundman was. I think we had Deuce Nine. 
he has it, but it's on one of his hard drives. And he, I, I told him last time I spoke to him, I was like, pull that CD because that is gold that you are sitting on. He really it, is. That is Nikki before uh, she got with Young Money. So this is like Beam Me Up Scotty era. Okay, so and that's we, like the real Nicki Minaj. Uh, yeah. Coochie Shop. I think we did like three songs with She did a set of her own stuff. But we did like a total of three songs with her. And I I swear I need to hear those three CDs. I mean, those three songs because just because of the history of what what's on that. <laughs> yeah. I just had a quick flashback. Like, because a lot of go go bands used to back up rappers. Like, one, I can't remember which one right now, backed up Ice Cube one time, right? Um, I think either Back or Junk did it. I think it was Junkyard Band. I think it was yeah. Junkyard Band that backed up Ice Cube, right? Yeah. You know, I know, like, um, I can't remember which one, but I know somebody backed up Little B, actually, right? And Little B did not have the nicest thing to say about Go-Go, huh? Yeah, they threw a bottle at him at that show, too. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and he, I think he said something after that. He said, after this, I'm no longer black. I think I'm gray now. <laughs> you know? And I remember, Yo, like, I remember, like, Tony T roasted the shit out of him. Yeah. Lil B's the funniest person in the world. Because it's like, if you just look at the way he, like, tweets and stuff, like, his yeah. choice of words... It's like, you have to be warped just to think of that. Like, even if you're purposely like, I'm about to type this, I need to warp this possible, but like, he believes it. With grandma earrings and all. So he's living the gimmick. <laughs> he he is the gimmick. Like, I don't know if he, he, how really is, but he really is, he really is Lil B. Because <laughs> I remember when he was on the pack and everything, I remember him talking like that, you know? Yeah, like, he just started talking, you know, just real weird. But, you know, his whole thing is about positivity. <laughs> I would just obnoxiously yell, basically, when I was younger, actually. I would obnoxiously yell, Hoes on my dick, God, I luck. Like, I would do that just for no reason at all. <laughs> yeah. I remember one of, the, one of the first, like, like Twitter, like, viral, uh, like, retweet things everybody do. Like, yeah. Hoes on my dick, because, you know, yeah. I love like degenerates. <laughs> exactly, I'd do that, you know, so I'm like... I was because straight with the heat and look like Derek G. I got the fever. <laughs> and the thing about it is, I knew this motherfucker was going to be big. I just felt like <laughs> I was mad as shit because I'm like, great, this little fucking little B motherfucker is going to show up. He's going to change the goddamn game because he's doing. Because remember, he would basically create a MySpace page per song. Oh yeah, like he would. He had like 130 damn MySpace pages. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Crazy because you know what? My bad because I'm probably contributing to that. <laughs> I say what now? No, because I was listening to his stuff because he'll have his oh. moments. He will have his moments. Like I will never forget. With all the shit that Joe Button be talking, remember, Lil B this Joe Button and Joe Button did not respond. He, that is on his record. <laughs> hey, shoot. <laughs> Just like how Fifty Tyson this Lil Bow Wow, he never responded. Remember that time when that guy, when uh, Joe Bun was talking shit, actually, he said something like, I can't believe it was still people would still watch wrestling. And somebody said, John Cena sold more albums than you. <laughs> and you looked it up and he actually, John Cena actually did fucking sell more records than Joe Budden. He did. I mean, you can't, you can't deny John Cena's theme song is fire. It is. Like, the the beat is so hard. Like, you can't, can't knock it. Every time that thing come on, you can't help but the head knock. Whoever made that beat, you know, 
Everything is fire. It really is, you know. <laughs> I'm just amazed how John Cena became a fucking meme. <laughs> That's how you know you're over. No crank calls. <laughs> yes. That's how you know you're fucking over. Because I'll put it this way. Like, let me explain. To me, I'll put it this way. If you are not a wrestling fan whatsoever, right? But you know mm-hmm. who the fuck certain people are. That's how you know you've became oh, yeah. the crossover, right? For mm-hmm. example, everybody knows who the fuck Hulk Hogan is. You know, everybody knows who the fuck The Rock is. Everybody knows who the fuck John Cena is. Everybody knows who the fuck Ric Flair is. Mm-hmm. You know, hell, even Randy Savage, actually, right? You know, yep. hell, I was watching CNBC. Someone made a reference to Coco Beware. <laughs> oh, you know, because they they got the name, they got the guy's name wrong. So yeah, we'll cut it. We're gonna cut the Coco Beware over here. It's like that's not my name because of some symbol <laughs> that sounded like that. So that's how you know you made it and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. All right, but all right, cutting back to it. Someone ask more about that later on. So all right, mm-hmm. so. Obviously, you're not the only rock in the go-go scene or anything. I can definitely tell yeah. that, right? So, yeah. I've always wondered this, though. So, what were thoughts on bands like, you know, Mambo Sauce or Black Alley? Or was there any kind of, from like, you know, because if I like, oh, you guys are doing something different. You know, we're like the real shit over here. Was there any kind of feeling like that? Or was it like, oh, okay, they can do what they want to do? Or what was the kind of feeling of bands like that? Just curious. Um, You had purists that just like, cause I'm cool with Malachi, the the guitar player who founded the Mumble Sauce. He's out here with me too. He lives in uh, Long Beach. I've been looking but, for him. Yeah, he's out in Long Beach. But yeah, he um, cause we talked about it. he has his um, his this interview series he started doing during quarantine. He has his thing GoGoTix.com, but he has a, a YouTube page for it. He's done interviews with like pretty much the who's who of. Anybody you can think of, Chris from T.O.B., um, guys from Rare Essence and Junkyard and stuff, 32, all those guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's talked about it before, and I kind of, you know, in the moment knew what it was about, where you had purists who think anytime, and I struggle with this too because I have my own project I'm working on, and you have people in the community that have, they kind of already had their mind made up on what Gogo's supposed to sound like, how Gogo supposed to be made and stuff, and when they hear bands like Mumble Sauce, in their mind that's like, oh, it's too polished, or whatnot, or the mix isn't right and stuff like that. Just kind of nitpick on why they don't think it could work and stuff. So that's usually the settlement, the settlement with you know, the community. Yeah, because I was always kind of weird because literally Gogo has like three damn different sounds over the years. Like, okay, mm-hmm. let's take it back to the old school. I mean, like, from the days of the Young Senators and the Soul Searchers. Yeah. How the fuck do you go from there to Backyard Band? Yeah, and then there to TCB and Reaction. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, when I first heard TCB and Reaction, I heard the bounce beat and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess I'm being kind of a dick here, but when I first heard the bounce beat, I was like, okay. So, yeah, it's something new. I'm like, Mm-hmm. That's the beat from Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers. Mm-hmm. Do you guys not listen to music outside of this generation? Never mind. Hey, no, that's the truth. No. <laughs> they were, I can kind of tell. I'm just like. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Because you know what's funny? You hear that beat. When I hear that song, I think of. Uh, Dancing to Music by Sly Stone? No. It, it's a Sayosin song. It's the last song on the record. On their first, their first full album. 
Hmm. Um, crap. You know what? I got my computer from me. I'm going to research it, and I'll give you the answer in like two seconds. Yeah. Because when I heard that, and at this time, you know, that album came out in 06. And around this time, I was still in high school. I didn't start playing Go-Go until like January or this, no, December of 2006. By that point, I didn't know I didn't really know what bounce was. Actually, I didn't even hear TCB or the bounce beat at that point. Yeah. So when I heard that, I'm like, that's the Salesen beat from uh, from off the first album. That's what I thought was, you know. Then they had no fucking idea, huh? Yeah, because like like you said, no one really listened. I mean, I would kind of expect Salesen because this, you know, this point where I realized, yo, this band is probably like one of the most influential bands. <laughs> yeah, trouble about it is with certain people actually. Like, I'll put it this way. Here's the fuck part. If mm-hmm. you sat me next to Fred Hammond, I probably know who the fuck he was. I probably know his name, but I wouldn't know who the fuck he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like that. some sense of security. It's the 12th track last song on the first album they put out, the self titled album. Let me check that out. Yeah, in that, like, once this, you know, song kicks in with the intro, but it's the, the, uh, the first verses drum beat. It's the bounce beat. <laughs> we'll check that out. Yeah. And then there's a. Uh, then later I heard there was a song from. Uh, you know, we came as Romans. Yeah, we came as Romans. I yeah, uh, the song from I think their third album. I think it's like the second to last album. I think it's the I can't make decisions for you song. There's a drop off where it's just like like program like drums, EDM and stuff, and it's kind of doing the bounce beat kind of groove and you know i mean it's funny because i think with gogo you have you have a lot of uh a lot of things that i don't even say just gogo like i said especially amongst like the dc i say urban artists or you know even gogo band stuff they put a lot of influence a lot of like focus on things that if you were outside of the genre they would take that well outside the city they will say oh that's normal like you know, a band will really, bands really will advertise, oh, you should listen to us because we play original music. But it's like, if you go outside of the area, it's kind of like, if you come to L.A. and you try to make it, you can't go to Capitol Records say, oh, sign you just because you play original music. Tell them what we're looking for. It's the only thing you can say. <laughs> like, mm. Or, you know, oh, we, you know, do stuff like, oh, we play the bounce beat, you know, we do more kicks. Yeah, okay, but you know we care about the song. We don't care about you know the acts that you're doing during the song and stuff. There's a bunch of people that can do that. Yeah, There's a bunch of people that play guitar. There's a bunch of people that can play piano or keyboard or can sing. Anybody can sing. But can you make a song? You don't have to sing now. You can auto tune it. <laughs> yeah. Does it sound good at the end of the day? Auto tune or not? Yeah. I know some. I know some great singers that make some horrible songs. That's another thing too. Um, I discovered <laughs> that's another thing too. Where it's like somebody can be really talented at their instrument, but they can't write a song worth of shit. It's kind of like a lot of battle rappers where it's like, yeah, oh yeah, okay, you're a great rapper, think, but can you do a fucking song though? Man, you tell me, I was a huge Serious Jones fan when I was younger, and I was hoping this dude would would have next. I was like, oh, he gonna be like how with uh. Jen was. I was like, he's the next one up, like Jen. But then you know, nope. <laughs> yeah. 
After I had a feature on some song, it was just underwhelming. I was like, man, seriously, you're supposed to come through, man. You're my favorite battle rapper. Like, I know, right? <laughs> like, I admit, I have a soft spot for Daylight, actually. Maybe the reason why, because anybody shits on stage, I think of Gigi Allen. <laughs> you know? He didn't, really, he didn't really officially shit on stage. I think he had a little pebble out, though. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I don't think it really counts, though, but something is, like, close enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Black people, we never get, like, we never get a GG on. The closest we ever get the GG on is Black people with, with New Jack. Mm. Closest. Closest thing we can get to it. Yeah. Um... Shoot, um, sorry. Okay, so what's the difference between, like, you know, DMV music scene and the LA music scene? Um, I would say you have more people that are working on their own thing versus trying to do what they think everyone else is doing in comparison. Because, like, out here, I'm, you know, bumping a couple of different artists and stuff and no one's really trying to sound like what they think is on the radio right now. They just kind of exist in their own thing and they try to push them. Versus a lot of times with the DMV, you get a lot of guys, it's like, you know, a new hot song come out, they got to grab the, you know, grab the instrumental and do a little freestyle over it. Or, you know, wherever it's rap styles, they have the cadence like, you know, whatever the Migos is doing right now and stuff. But a lot of times, I think it comes from, because the DMV is so far from areas like, you know, guys like Wale isn't, like, around like that. Yeah. Like, it's, like, you know, or, like, there's not enough Wale's around where anybody can reach out and, you know, get some advice from Versus if you go to L.A., there's a disciple of Gucci Man around everywhere who knows what it takes to get to the next level that's always around you. Or, you know, you come out here, you know, you're amongst the the greatest of all time, whether there's a rock band or a rapper, you know. You got the example of Nipsey. You got the example of Tupac. You got the example of Van Halen just around the corner. You have the goats to look towards of this is what you need to do in order to be great. And a lot of times it's be different. They're told to be different versus, you know, Back home, I and I think it, it sucks that you know the DC area has had great artists. You you've had Marvin Gaye's and stuff, but they're not they're not around to, or their disciples aren't around to like reach out to a young twenty year old artist that's you know got a talent just needs some direction. Or they or they are they're just bitter as shit. Oh yeah, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of folks that you know they think it's a. a you know, it has to be dog eat dog. Like, if you're winning, that means I'm losing. Whereas, no, we can all kind of exist together. And it's kind of better that way when you can have artists. Like, you look at Atlanta. Atlanta didn't pop till you realize there was so many great artists coming out of Atlanta. You had Usher and TLC existing at the same time. And then, you know, everybody that was on the face, you know, anybody, crisscross, anybody that was on DJ, uh, on uh, So So Deaf at the same time. And then you know, any other artists that came out like the anybody came out of what's saying, the Dark Child Studios and stuff. Or you know, Dark Child, it was like Dark Child to Lil John to Jazzy Faye, and now you got the 808 Mafia and stuff. 
and you know they just had a stronghold for like the past thirty years. Realize how you know yeah. much Atlanta has influenced black music. It really did. Or really, that's where <laughs> a lot of shit came from. Like really, they mm-hmm. ran shit. Like you know, even looking back at it, like. There wasn't mm-hmm. even like an Atlanta bass sound. It wasn't like Miami's bass sound. It was like a different kind no. of like you can tell. Yep. You know, like how Ludacris actually was like Ludacris and Lil John actually ghost wrote a lot of stuff too. Yep. You know? Two Chains was under um Ludacris. Yep. When it's Titty Boy. Yep. And then uh, you had uh you know, Future is the nephew of one of the Dungeon family members. You're right, he is. Put in. Shoot, you know, hell, it's mm-hmm. like, um, hell, I would base or even bring up Outcast, actually, right? All right. Oh, off yeah. The, off the record, I used to troll the fuck out of this one group chat I was in just to piss everybody off. Because I figure, here's how you piss off a whole room full of black people. <laughs> you say three words. Outcast is overhyped. Oh. Just to piss them off. I'm at <laughs> I was just not talking shit about the stuff I like, so fuck them, you know? Not outcast, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, because think about part of this way. Organized Noise, basically, like, seriously, they were, like, the perfect mix of, like, basically Parliament and Southern Soul. Mm-hmm. It's like, they were basically, it's almost like, it's like canvas wrapped in, cor- in collard greens and cornbread. That's basically what Organized Noise <laughs> sounded like, you know, the Dungeon family sounded like to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Hell, um, Sp- I can't pronounce the whole fucking name, but, you know, the one that's, that's spotty. Opalicious joint, right? It was basically yeah. like country dub reggae. Uh huh. You know, so shit like that. You know, I was just saying to the troll the fuck out of because, of course, I'm fucking aware, you know, I'm very self aware of stuff, you know. Hell, yeah. Snack Only is one of the greatest. It was Snack Only is the best Funkadelic album that had nothing to do with Funkadelic. <laughs> I mean, really, you know. <laughs> I mean, shoot. I mean, Toilet Tissue, they were trying to do Maggot Brain on Toilet Tissue. Mm hmm. You know, Gasoline Dreams is a great song, you know. Um, shit like that, Bombs Over Baghdad, which Rage Against Machine did do it. They finally officially released that last year. Um, stuff like that, oh. you know. Mm. But, like, okay, so, but but true, it's like, but another thing, too, what I'm gathering is people were trying to hate on Wale, too. Mm. And I was like, for what? Let him be, you know. You know. And it's like, man, he's not really from here. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up, you know. Mm. Yeah, more than like your family's not really from here. Listen. I think what for like for me, I would say with Wale, I only wish that he kind of stuck with the go go stuff because I remember in high school when his mixtapes were out and you hearing him rap over like samples of like go go music and stuff mixed with hip hop, and I was like, oh, this is like unique, you know. That's what you know. And then it was like, okay, this is like a, you know. A chance to have like a hot rapper that's from here, and maybe you know other rappers start popping up from here and stuff. And this area is something, you know. Eventually, we start getting some guys, but you know, like the Fat Trails and um, and Shy But you know, each one kind of had like stuff going on that kind of distracted from like the music part. And I think I think a lot of times too that becomes a a thing too. I see with DMV music where. A lot of guys get more distracted by things not related to what are you putting on wax. Like, you just can't get any old beat and, you know, say whatever on it. But, you know, you just take a bunch of pictures for the gram and all this stuff. Oh, I'm signed and that's it. No, like, the songs, like, there's a reason why Future is lasted as long as he has. Like, 
I forgot who I was talking to the other day, and I was like, yo, Future has been out for a long time and has had it, at least one mega hit that lasted, you know, at least a couple of months every year for the past couple of years. And for him, for the sound he has where everyone tries to imitate it, like every year there's always a new rapper that comes out that sounds like him. And he always ends up just reinventing himself as far as like, it still sounds like a future song, but it sounds like, you know, it's something different. Because like now, his whole thing now is like the whole, he's the toxic king now and stuff. And it's like, it worked. Versus, you know, when he first came out, I thought he was half Haitian. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see it now. <laughs> like, All right. Then his, his rap cadence, he used to do like, yo, Tony Montana. Like, he used to do that thing with his voice. He did, like, you know, because first of all, it was weird because I, I listened to a future song and shit, right? And I'm listening, mm-hmm. I'm like, it just sounded like a bunch of hooks and ad libs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how the fuck is this a damn song? It sounds like a bunch of hooks and ad libs and shit. But it's fine, like with him, and I feel the same way with Drake. Because Drake's one of my favorite artists. Where it's funny how their their singles kind of take off, but for me, their my favorite songs from both of them aren't even singles. <laughs> It'd be them them deep cuts on albums. I'm like, yo, this is my song. You know what? I had a weird feeling that Drake was going to be big. I just didn't realize how big it was going to be. <laughs> I said I should have been AR because I said Drake was going to be big when I heard come. I think the only tape he out was comeback season and room for improvement. I was like, yo, this is going to be a rap and sing and songs are good and stuff like that. He got the flow. He remi- I was like, he reminded me of LL, but he's singing I Need Love versus rapping. That is the perfect. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see the parallel. And I was like, yo, this dude's going to be big, you know. You know, he got the light skin thing going for him, you know, looking like Lil Zane and all that. But, and I was like, I was right. Because <laughs> I noticed, like, from what I'm gathering, that's actually Larry Graham's nephew, right? Really? Yeah. Oh. They made a reference to that on Saturday Night Live one time. Huh. He was so well, it was an episode of Saturday Night Live, and he said, yeah, my Uncle Larry, and he had Keenan Thompson come out look like Larry Graham. Oh, snap. So I'm like, even though Larry Graham never claimed him, saying like I never saw the Fair Reunion, I'm like, <laughs> um, what's the last thing about the Fair Reunion, dude? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, getting back to GoGo and originality, here's the kicker. I've always been kind of curious because I remember like I did hear like, okay, when it comes to GoGo, like I was like, they would like totally mutate a song, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, okay, Rare Essence, they did um Pieces of Me. By Ashley Simpson. Yep. Another band did Hello. Oh yeah, a couple bands did Hello. Exactly. <laughs> you know, in fact, even my band Jenny is Techno. We uh, we're all kind of drunk one night after my sister came in, so we started jamming on um, Hello. But we didn't have a conga, so we had bongos and shit like that. They decided. Oh. I want to try to re-record that a little better, but um, nonetheless. But I always kind of wondered, and I do remember like when. The Lincoln Park Jay Z EP came out, and I remember like a, I forgot which band it was. That, what, what was it? Was it again? TCB. Yeah, it was TCB. They did a cover oh, of that. Purple Edition. Yeah, because my uh, sick was in that band at the time. And also, um, and um, it was also CCB who did a halfway version of uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah. So I've always kind of wondered. Those been, I've always 
kind of surprised has never happened actually, right? To see like a go-go band basically with guys that understood rock basically so go-go, but do like straight out rock covers of mm-hmm. go-go like go-go songs, like like um like go-go covers of rock songs. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that never really happened. You know what's funny? Here's the thing. I would you you gonna get some exclusives for me. Okay. It's with me. Issue is those CDs aren't out because the powers that may be didn't want to put them out. The fuck? It's it's a it's a whole another argument. But um, for example, my band did prom cream, Lil Wayne. Yeah. And you know, I was able to like just get off on that song. And, and it's funny part because I wasn't really feeling the song that much. But it's like usually with songs that I don't really feel that much, I just you know, you know, I, I get a week or so to sit with the song and try to come up with my own parts and just make it my own, right. you know. Even if I don't let's say care for the song that much, I'll add enough to it to make me like it and stuff. So it's like it feels like it's my song. Oh yeah, totally. I like hate the song, but it was like okay, this, this gives me an opportunity to really do some rock stuff. Yeah. So I just you know took it you know. And just did my thing with it. Yeah. I think we played once or twice live, but we record every show. So, okay. like I said, there's a version out there of it. It's on CD. It may not, SCD may not be on the internet, but someone has it. Hmm. <laughs> there, there's a version of that. Um, a good majority of reaction songs are there are parts in there where I am playing like heavy rock guitar stuff. Hmm. Um, some of you guys search for like the version where it was a good live recording because you know for a reason post 2008 bands still play live and two track stuff to the CD and I don't go back. And I'm like, I don't, and, and that's one of the things why I tell you like because they're not in proximity to people who are in the industry, it's a bunch of guessing, and then you put that guessing with the fact people don't want to change their ways like. Bands still use the, the same uh, monitors, like stage monitors that Chuck was using. Jesus. Yes, like the big ass one with the steel grail and stuff like that. Yeah. And plugs that aren't even like used now. It's not even the speaker on. It's not even a quarter inch like to plug in or nothing like that. It's like them old school giant plug, like it's the like look like the European plug. Good lord. <laughs> Like, they still use that stuff, and they just, you know, if it breaks, they just replace the speakers, but they you still use the same, you know, space-eating stage monitor. Aye, but, aye, aye. but like I said, it, it's, there are versions out there, like, there's even, there's a couple of CDs that have a good, I say, good take of, like, what I'm actually doing on guitar. Like, there's a reaction CD from April, I think, April 16th uh 2010 there's a version of the song and it's the original song called internet thing that we did and it's funny because we made the song it it was me at this point sick who had came from ccb he was the guitar player for um ccb and then he came over to reaction and then he recruited me because he was more of a uh keyboard player by trade yeah and he wanted to switch back to just playing keyboard and he's gonna let me play guitar, but then we'll have songs where he'll pick up the guitar, but he, you know, he'll tell even tell you like guitar's not his first instrument. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. For the sake of the fact he's a producer, oh, so yeah. he just be able to put tracks, put guitar tracks on his songs if he needed to. Oh, yeah. But um, he switched that keyboard 
I came in and started playing guitar, and it was like me, him, my man Squeak, who was the bass player. We were at Sick's house. Sick wrote this verse, uh, well, it was the hook, I guess, for Internet Thing. I started playing these chords, and that became like the chord progression for Internet Thing. And when we played it, I think around this time, I was, I think, rediscovering my love for Under Oath. And in the intro of the song, I kind of did this line that favors, uh, what is this song? It's the one of the songs off of Define the Great Line. The, what's the single from Define the Great Line? Um, wait, oh, I got, uh, oh, I'm, I'm tripping. I got my guitar in my hand. <laughs> Let's see. I was like, I can actually, like, I do actually play this instrument. <laughs> But the the little part was like, oops, I'm not even on. The little. I do that in the intro. But the, the, the main hook part, I mean the main rhythm parts. But, you know, I, I get to do a lot of that stuff, but the issue is if those CDs are out, I'm the volume is not there, the mix is not, like, oh, okay. correct or so. So, like, I've been doing it. it it's funny because I'll have these conversations with folks, and they'll be like, man, somebody should do some rock stuff. Like, I've been doing it since Exactly. <laughs> like, it's been there for a while, like, you know, because I know the guys, like, okay, like, like you know, it's like. Do you think there's like um like like a hesitancy or whatever, or you think because they don't understand it, or what? I think it's a. I think it is a lack of understanding, but then you do have other bands that do do the rock thing, like you have what band, and they did uh rock and roll bounce beat. Yeah, rock and roll bounce beat, the Paramore cover and stuff like that. Like, wait, did the Paramore cover? We say they did a Paramore yeah. cover. Which one? Yeah. I gotta they did, hear um, this. Your business. I gotta find that, you know, because I'm like, okay, between you and me, mm-hmm. when I first heard what do rock and roll bounce beat, I'm like, okay, do they actually like rock or are they making fun of black kids that like rock? Well, I know the guitar player Drew. He, I don't know how much rock he likes. I know he's a by by his style. He's like in that like church guitar player. Yeah, I don't, oh my god, he does this, a lot. Of that stuff. That's another thing too. Like, this is one thing that kind of irks the fuck out of me, right? When you have like the church guitar player that tries to play rock, and I'm like, you have never drank a bottle of whiskey in your life, son. Mm, a bottle of whiskey though. <laughs> you never like they, they drink they drink too much honey. You know, they, hey, I'm a drinker. <laughs> if that makes sense or not, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta bring a little more you gotta it's like Ozzy Brothers is cool but you gotta a little so a little more some more thing Lizzie you gotta listen a little more Motorhead you know and, I, and that's that's what I was saying like before where it's like you have a lot of the guitar players like they're not like current on like the rock stuff and then even they're not even really current on like the rock like let's say what do you 
like you as far as equipment wise and stuff. Yeah, like their tones when it comes to like that, where it's like it's like the mm-hmm. sh- they had like the shittiest tones. I'm like, Mm-mm. are you guys afraid of distortion? Like seriously, you, like it's a it's a art to get the proper. It is a nuance. Distorted like it's like you just can't take any amp, turn the gain up, and call it a day. Like no, there's no, a whole. It's it's the game staging. It's the type of tubes I mean, It's the type of guitar. It's so much there. Like everything. Like, like you just can't get anything. Like here's a great example of guys that get it. Dwayne Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. he totally gets it. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know you. Of course, um, shit. I'm thinking of um. Also thinking about my about guy, uh, Champ. He played for he played for CCB a little bit, but he also played for Black Alley. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Does the name Robert Six String Mosley pop up or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Rob's cool as shit. You know, yeah, Rob yeah. is cool as fuck. He's he's an um. He's familiar. <laughs> he's in familiar. Yeah. Right? He's yeah. cool as shit. You know, like I like to have him on the show as well. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know we kind of geek out about wrestling too. So it's like he's cool as fuck. I'm. I was watching the one of those live streams right that um that you know the band he's in. Um, mm-hmm. and he has an amazing tone, but the way they buried his guitar part, I'm like, oh, come on, turn this shit yeah. up, you know? Go from because it feels, that's how I be, like, I'm like, man, I'm giving y'all these, these cool tones, like, these need to be appreciated. <laughs> exactly, it's like, but here's the kicker about it, like, I'm trying to get over my resentfulness and bitterness when it comes to, like, stuff, because I kind of felt like, as a guitar mm-hmm. player, we do get kind of shit on. Yeah, you know, we do feel like we are not needed. You know, we're like the redhead stepchild, right? Yeah. At times, you know, so I'm glad to see kind of like this wave of like, you know, black kids getting to rock and like, you know, whether it's, they're basically doing stuff on TikTok and like, I'm telling you right now, mm-hmm. some shit just sounds better with guitars. It just does. Yeah. You know, like it really fucking does. I'm like, it just, just adds something to it, you know? Because it's such a personal instrument. It it's really like. Is. Because, like, you can watch, listen to all the Van Halen you want and get every, you can get the exact rig that Eddie last had. You still ain't going to sound like Van Halen. Fuck no. I mean, you'll hit the, you even practice, like, you even have the same hand, but it's like, you won't really capture the soul. Like, there's so much soul that goes into playing guitar. Correct, and, you know. Because it's not just about, like, it's about you know, why'd you pick the guitar? Yeah. Like right now I got a Fender uh, Mod Shop Custom with the two humbuckers in it. I got the maple neck. I picked the, uh, what is it? The, it's the three-tone uh, sunburst with things like black to um, brown. And I love this guitar. And like ever since I picked it up, it's just, it feels like magic. And then I also have a Tele uh, with the 50s necks and it has the Bixby bar on it. I had that one since high school. Those are like my main two guitars. And like before, I was playing Jacksons, and I played. Uh, I used to have a, a Dean Razorback V. They're like the one, the design that Dimebag had came out before he passed. Yeah, yeah. I had one of those. That was one of my uh, favorite guitars. Only thing that sucked is that the case was big as hell. <laughs> I carry that. Oh yeah, like between that, like. Carrying that case is horrible, but you know, like right now it's my my Fender, it's my Tele, and my Strat. Yo, and, 
Tyler's are fucking dope. Let me tell you, like, cause... Yeah, it's, it's funny because it's such a unique shape. It is. But it still looks, like, classy. It doesn't look like it's odd blonde for the sake of being weird. It does. It's, like, it's classy and unique at the same time. That's why, I, it's funny because what made me want that guitar, I remember seeing a, I forgot which music, it was a live video. I, I was watching um, Bruce Springsteen, and I saw he had the telly, and he had the one with the Bigsby bar on it. And it was a blonde, I think it had a blonde one. And I was like, man, I wish I could get that guitar. And I remember going to, and I got it from Hot Licks too, this guitar. And I think they had that one, but then I saw this one, and I was just like, man, that one just stands out. I just like how just the, the brown, I just like that brown burst on it. And I got that. And then, you know, as far as equipment, um, as of November, I'm a Kemper user. <laughs> yeah. I got this. It, my rig now is just so compact, but it's still like a lot of stuff, like maybe the carry, like show to show. But for the most part, like it, I have a small stage footprint and stuff. Because I just got like a six spot um, rack unit. I got, it goes the, from top to bottom, it goes to my Furman for the power. I got a core tuner. I had it for the longest, I just left it in there. And I have on the third row. On one side, it's the Shore Wireless, the GLXD, with the chargeable battery. You can charge it on the unit. And then I have my PMS, uh, well, PSM 300 uh, in-ear monitor, and then the Kemper for the, the last spot. And I had to use that monitor because, you know, them go-go stages are loud. <laughs> and then uh, just for the sake of being able to, like, not depend on a monitor, no matter where I go, you know, I know I can hear myself. And then, you know, I don't go deaf under any circumstances. <laughs> and then the consistency. And then that's nothing I like about having a Kemper now, just the fact I have access to so many tones. I actually broke down if I were to, was to make my current rig that I use on here. Using the real world, I probably would spend, like, maybe 13 grand somewhere in that ballpark. Because I got three different amps that I use. Like, I have a... A Fender Princeton for my clean. I use a Matchless H was this HC three hundred no thirty for the like my like bluesy breakup kind of sound, and then then a a, a Freeman B one hundred for the storytell. And then oh, in the effects loop of it, anytime I need to use like a boost pedal, I got the uh, Horizon devices, uh, the uh, Precision Drive. Hello? Better. Oh, you heard that one? The um, precision drive? Yeah, I have. That pedal is so versatile. Whether you're trying to do bluesy breakup solos where it's like just on the edge of breakup, or you just need a boost in front of your amp to get like that heavy tone and stuff. Yeah. And keep it tight, it's perfect. I gotta work on my, my tone actually, cause I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real with you. And I was like a big gear guy actually. Mm -hmm. Like I try to keep my shit compact as fuck. Like I was oh, yeah. like my amp actually is a, um, you know, it's actually is a Fender Mustang three, and also I have like different guitars actually, right? You know, I'm tuned to. That's like whenever I go guitars, I need to try out amp. I need something that can do everything real quick. Exactly, it's just quicker like that. Like mm -hmm. in my case, like I just got a Jackson guitar actually. You know, I also got. Oh, which one? Oh, Jackson, let me see. It's a, um, not sure about the model, but, I'm not sure about the model, actually, though, but it looks fucking sweet, mm. you know? So, but the thing about it is, like, the E-string is this really weird 
fuzzy thing actually, so I gotta get it fixed. Oh yeah, get the get the action set. Yeah, I gotta. Okay, that's why I gotta. Okay, yeah, get the action set because that's what that's what I need to get done. Because first of all, the mm. frets were weird and everything. So every time I basically tried, to, like, it would literally tear my hand up because the frets were like a little too long and shit. Oh yeah, that's like my first like check when I go and I'm like check out the car. I just run my hand down the neck. And if I feel something stick out, I'm like I'm not even gonna touch that. Exactly. You know, the store, <laughs> my file <a> complaint. <laughs> shit, you know I put it this way. Like I put it here's the deal. I'm the only guitar guy around me. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, right? So people think I'm like a tart god or something like that, right? I'm like, you need to pick up more religions, kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm like, there are more spiritual, there's there are more religious um in spiritualities and whatnot. So I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend to be a false prophet over here, pal. <laughs> so like, um, I got to get that fixed, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, um. I'm just, but I definitely want to work on that because my main setup is that, and also like a wah pedal as well as also a volume pedal too. And, oh, which wah pedal you got? Oh, definitely like a Vox wah pedal. I like the Vox one. Yeah, just use that because this is standard and everything. Also a Dunlop volume pedal, stuff like that. Speaking of go-go bands that did rock covers, right? A friend of mine claims to have heard one go-go band, might have been Fatal Attraction, do a cover of uh, Papa Roach's uh, Last Resort. Do you remember hearing anything about this? I think so. And knowing members of that band, that wouldn't be that wouldn't surprise me. Because I'm like, if they didn't do a full cover, I definitely know I wouldn't be surprised to hear like Go Go Band do like losing losing my side, losing my mind part. At least that part, I wouldn't be surprised when hearing that shit. Mm-hmm. So, ever since really since 2000, I've been looking for a tape of that shit. Yeah. You know? and I think that's I, that's the one thing like going back to like what I was saying about like the Nicki Minaj reaction you know CD that's out there in the universe right now. Uh, Gogo does a bad job of like cataloging the work that they do because a lot of times there's a lot of infighting on like if the song is good or not because a lot of times you just guys are just existing in the moment so you don't realize that they're holding on to something that's actually you know. You know, really good or profitable or something like that. Yeah. Because I, I guarantee, like, oh, you see, there was even a song. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, I think reaction. We had worked on a song, and it was like one of those days. Practice, we just like was just you know, kind of freestyle it, see what come up because we just had time on our hands, and we did this one song, and I kid you not, the riff that was playing on the guitar. I think I was playing, uh, like, the way we started song off, it was like Aces High, um, Iron Maiden. Nice. It was doing a little it was doing the thing with the snare. I was doing all We went to the bounce beat, and it was like, I was like, I wish we kept that or, you know, had a decent recording of that in practice because that was actually a good one. But there's, there's a bunch of... Uh, I can go through, like, a whole list of... There's a reaction song. It, luckily, it's on CD. Not the universe. All the problem is we never played it live. We only played it in the studio for you know powers that be. Hey, Black a, Alley has a thing called um like something like unused crank or something like that. Oh yeah. Like we did a cover of well, it's like it's a sampled song, but the song itself is with you know our own lyrics and stuff. But we well, Skrillex uh 
scary sprites. Yes. And here's the thing, there's I have a version of it that I did like computer generated, like bounce beat is on like YouTube and stuff. And it really came from that because someone in practice, someone in the band had heard like, oh, we should play that. So I was like, all right, I guess, you know. So we played it, we put it on the CD, but we just never played it live. That's another cool thing I dig about your videos, right? Like you have like straight up, like it sounds like alternative rock, but with, with kind of this go-go <laughs> feel and the percussion. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you go about making those? Really, that's just how I play. Like, like if I was in those bands, like if I'm playing over someone else's stuff, a lot of times I've played shows with those bands, like whether it was like filling in or at the time I used to work at this one of the studios in Clinton and I'll just be in the control room and I'll just play along or a couple band stuff I actually played on, you know, and that's just the way I've always, you know, played. Yeah. Like, when, no, no, I mean like, cause the stuff you put up on your Facebook page, it sounds like a straight up like. Like even like the drums is only so are you so are those like live drums or program or anything like that? Oh, the um like my the the, the bounce beat stuff that I've been making. Yeah, I fucking love that shit. Oh yeah, thank you. Um yeah, that's I'm using GGD um drums, the Get Good drums, by uh was it Misha from um, Periphery is is um company. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Those drums are so like amazing like. And I've been using, like, you know, program drums since, like, 2007, six-ish. And those are the best ones because it's, like, you can get, like, the prop, like, the soft hits, the ghost notes and stuff like that. If you want to set it, like, where it's kind of off a little bit, like, I can do all of that. It really and, does, like, you know, because I was trying to figure out, yo, is that a real drummer? Did he program that? Did he program mm -hmm. that? I was, like, I've been trying to figure it out, so... You know, yeah. I'm surprised you just didn't put like a whole ass, you know, solo album out with that kind of feel. Yeah, um, that's what I'm working on. Like, I just that's fucking dope. Like, I really dig it, though. You know, uh, it's yeah, like that... I guess you know maybe I'm kind of a low key dreamer or whatever. Because okay, another thing too, I think about like um, I remember the band called um, my God, I can't remember the names right now, but they're from Upper Marlboro. Louder and Quiet. Yes. Those are my guys. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, I talked to Ali. Some, yeah, Ali. How could I forget that name? I talked to oh. Ali sometimes. Good kid, you know. I mean, good dude. Um, I was cause I remember they were going to sometimes they were going to go go stuff sometimes, in oh, the yeah. breakdowns. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I just sometimes I wish those worlds would coincide a lot more. Like I always imagine like kind of a super group of like all like these like all the go go guys or like, secret rock dudes and everything like working some other shit, you know. It's like do like an authentic like go go feel of certain stuff like kind of like what mm -hmm. band was doing kind of like what reaction band is doing but like you know because on the other hand there's okay here's a band called Thalo Blue no Thalo Blue basically is literally of like four or five rappers from the DC area but they're also big rock guys so they literally started a rock band hmm so imagine like and I'll put it this way here's what they sound like imagine if the Clash read the autobiography of Malcolm X. <laughs> that's exactly what they sound like or sometimes they sound a bit like Nirvana if they got Liddy Kravitz the villain for Kurt Cobain <laughs> like they really sound fucking dope <laughs> you know so it's like I just kind of like keep on imagining this because I feel like it's so close to so many, and there are enough parallels to this it, there are I you think that's just you gotta get the, the, the mindset of people wanting to make that the thing. Because right now, it's like, 
as far as like a goal game, the dream is, oh, we just want to, you know, play as many shows as Backyard or, you know, just be, be the local legends and stuff like that. Because some bands are fine with like, look, we'll just be a band, exist for 10 years, and by default we'll be considering ourselves legends. And they're okay with it. All we gotta do is like hang around for 10 years and by default. Like... <laughs> Isn't that the, the way? I mean, shit, that's kind of what the, that's what I want the Miz. <laughs> I mean, seriously, to his credit, though, it's like, here's the best way to describe it. It's almost like um, the Miz became a legend because he survived. <laughs> I mean, he think survived. about it. He never, he, he never called in sick. Um, he never had any severe injuries unless he was filming a movie. Um, he's safe in the ring. Um he put his time in, you know, in, from what I gather, he was a total fuck up, but he oh, really, yeah, he got the locker room at yeah, one point. exactly. But he had to prove that he had to grow and everything. Right. So, cause yep. I'm going to tell you the truth. I couldn't give two scores of piss about the Miz, but that show, um, you know, Maurice, the Miz and Maurice show. I fucking love that show, but I couldn't give two scores of a goddamn rat's ass and put the fucking Miz in the ring. Like, wow, I have to use the bathroom right now. <laughs> Although I do enjoy it with John Morrison though, because I can tell I just love how they enjoy themselves. Yeah, and maybe low key I'm glad to see you know him work with Bad Bunny because think about it, Bad Bunny's an outsider. We can't really do much right now. We can't go on tour because you know COVID. So it makes yeah. sense for somebody like The Miz to take him under his wing because he was also an outsider because he was on Road Rules or Real World, some fucking show like that. Oh, yeah, he was on Real World. I remember him being on there. Yeah, so it makes sense for, like, you know, it's like, you know, I was trained, I'm the outsider, so let me do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah like, it makes sense. That's why I never thought about it in that way. It does make sense. I keep forgetting. Miz been around for so long, I almost forget where he actually came from when he started. He really did. Like, I forget that he's been around so long that, yeah, that's true. I forget how like, he's so long, I forget that he's technically a legend. Ooh. Yeah, or the fact that he's not, like, he didn't come in, like, the classical way. Like, you remember him, he was, before he was in WWE. Like, he wasn't beat by them. Like, when he came on, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Real World. Or, that's why I had this kind of, like, side-eye towards him, because I kind of feel like so yeah. many guys had to fight for that slot, and you basically won a reality show being tough mm -hmm. enough. Because I'm like, there were guys basically doing, basically, basically breaking their bodies for a hot dog and a handshake. Mm -hmm. So he had to prove himself. So, you know, I commend him for that. I give him respect for that, actually, right? Oh, that dude, yeah. I remember, I'll never forget the time when CM Punk roasted the shit out of him. <laughs> he said, go suck a blood money covered dick or something like that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, chill. It's funny to think how long CM Punk chants lasted. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, CM Punk at the Dave Chappelle Wrestling. <laughs> If you think about it. Yeah. How many people still, yeah, I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Chappelle's show has been off longer than it was actually on the damn air. Yeah. That's and, the key. Come in with a show, you 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 do enough so people don't hate it, and you disappear. Everybody's like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever, and so. That's, everything about it. I want to be successful, but I don't want to basically, I was like successful, I got to go to Africa successful, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What the fuck happens? Think about it. D'Angelo, Dave Chappelle, there's something going on there where you freak the fuck out, basically end up going to Africa for some reason. Yep. Now listen, I've been to Vienna, Virginia, but I never want to go back to... I've been to Vienna, Virginia for a while, right? 
but mm-hmm. I don't want to go to Ghana after that shit. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on there? There's something there's something that is not being told here. Mm-mm. It is I don't know what the fuck it is. You know? Like, I think because with those two guys, like you think about D'Angelo, you know it's funny because me and my girlfriend was having this conversation too about uh D'Angelo, like cause read something about how when Untitled, the music video that came out, and how, you know, he always wanted to just be respected as an artist, and then from that point, he pretty much became a, a sex symbol off of that. Like, he was already one before, but it got out of control to the point where he couldn't finish his concerts because they just wanted to see him take his shirt off and see how does it feel. Yeah. Well, to the point, it drew him crazy because it's like, yo, I'm a dope pianist, I play multiple instruments, and I'm a singer, I write great songs, but y'all just want me to strip. You know what? That's a damn shame because it's like you can't be appreciated for your art because they, it's like people want to see one thing, whereas, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. whole-ass human being. I'm also a dope-ass artist, too, you know? Yo, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Brooks, I'm going to wrap it up right now, you know? So so tell us, is there anything out there that you want us to check out or anything? Uh, follow me on my... YouTube page, it'll be official BNA Music 88. I have a lot of clips of me just playing over some, uh, you know, Google favorites. I'm just going to run the gauntlet. Like, there's not a band I'm not going to leave untouched. Uh, also on, on my page, I got uh, videos from the Mochella LA. So you can check out from um, TOB when they play down there. I've got three clips up there. It was awesome. Shout out TOB. And I say follow my YouTube page, follow me on IG, my IG being music eighty eight underscore I underscore am. Um, and I got more stuff coming up. We got a Google project I'm working on. Uh, hopefully you have that out by the summer. And that's pretty much it. All right, great, great channel with you. All right, man. All right. Take it easy. You too, man. Peace. Peace. Hey, that was Brooks Anderson. Check out his page. Look him up. Keep an eye out for him. Until next time, take it easy and please use common sense.